Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. We're dealing in here in episode 615 with one of the monsters. We're going to talk about the it's not my fault monster. Remember, the monsters are those things that we all have, some of or all of. And I'm sure that the episodes that I'm doing won't cover all of them. But one common thing that we say, that I've said, is or felt, it's, it's not my fault. And it's not my fault <clears throat> means that instead of taking fabulous or fierce ownership of my life or circumstance, I'm trying to sidestep or put the responsibility for the creation somewhere else. Let's get really clear. The truth is that I create my experience. So everything I experience is my doing. Now, I didn't say my fault there because fault is a word that we've identified negatively. Oh, it's his fault. That, uh, the word fault means mistake, error, failing, right? In tennis, a fault, you can have a foot fault where you step on the line as you serve, or a line fault when the ball is outside the line, and a fault causes play to stop, and either a point is awarded or you have to do the second serve or whatever, right? So it is an error that stops progress. It is a mistake of sufficient magnitude to, you know, interrupt things. When we go to the idea that something isn't my fault, that means two things. First, it means there is fault. Somebody is at fault. Something, somebody, there's a, there's a fault to be assigned, right? And so it's a negative, uh, by, def by definition, it's negative in its connotation. And the other thing, when I say it's not my fault, the first thing is there is fault, and the second thing is, oh, no, no, it's not mine, somebody else's. Well, that does a couple things. One, I'm judging, so I'm, I'm, I'm deciding there's a mistake, big enough, serious enough to call fault, not just something that happened. And the other thing that I'm judging, well, somebody out there, weather, God, government, economy, you, your fault, you know, anything but mine. What does that do to uh, our progress? What does that do to get in the way of our ultimate life or of happiness or of progress or creating what we want? Well, it should be obvious. It creates a deflection where I'm not taking responsibility. Now, this, this concept sometimes is really hard, used to be really hard for me to, to get into. 
because I felt like somebody did something to me. I got hurt. And so it's their fault. They're to blame. They should have to fix it, you know, have some consequence, something, something, something. And that idea stayed with me as a, as a way of dealing with things a lot. Today, I don't do that at all. Now, let's get to a specific example. Let's say someone runs into my car. There's an accident. And my car is dented. Maybe a lot, maybe a little. Okay. For the purposes of insurance, someone has to take responsibility or someone is assigned responsibility and they pay. But my own experience with that situation can be completely different. I can choose to be angry. I can choose to be frustrated and say, watch where you're going, you know, and get all over somebody or yell at something or someone. Or instead, I can simply accept, like the weather, that something has happened. And then I can choose what to create. So let's say I'm hit, my car gets hit, and I get out. Instead of yelling or blaming or saying, I'm late to this, and get, I could ask, hey, how are you doing? What happened? Are you okay? And instead of creating a negative uh, situation, because as soon as somebody, as soon as you're attacked, you get defensive. As soon as I'm attacked, our natural inclination is to get defensive. Now, I've spent a lot of effort and energy working on that so that I choose to just listen. And then I recognize that this person has a view that makes them mad or has them choosing to be frustrated, negative, and express these words to me. A perfect example was um, <clears throat> I have a client who was... Uh, with Byron Katie, who wrote Loving What Is. And there was an, a long event, I think a nine-day, the work event. And my client was talking to Byron Katie. And uh, my client said to Byron Katie, yeah, I think this, the work stuff is all nonsense, doesn't, doesn't mean anything, and it's all just, you know, fooling around in mental manipulation or whatever, Right. And so directly assaulting Byron Katie's work, calling it, you know, not very, you know, describing it in not very flattering terms. And Byron Katie said, wow, must be really, I'm really sorry, must be really difficult to live with that feeling. And she was completely sincere and not sarcastic in any way. And what she was saying is, I don't need to defend the work that I do. It is what it is, and I am truly pained, sorry, that you are carrying this negative feeling. My client said in that moment, not only did her opinion of the work that Byron Katie did, but her opinion of the woman completely changed. And that meant in that moment, Byron Katie, through her choice of words and how she chose to live into that situation, changed the experience completely for my client. So I give that as an example, not as some extraordinary thing that we can't attain. Of course you can. If you want to get rid of the it's not my fault monster and the debilitating consequence, stop blaming. Stop, choose to no longer have a need 
to lay blame. Now, in the case of a car accident, someone has to, you know, someone's insurance company rectifies the damage, and that's determined by laws and rules and so forth. And often, you know, somebody else has to figure that out, law enforcement or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. That determination is a little bit like the weather. It's an externality. What I'm inviting you and me to consider in creating an antidote to our tendency to blame others and live into it's not my fault is to simply accept what is and see how we can love. Nobody meant to ram a car. Nobody meant to have an accident. So what would prevent me or you from leaning into that situation and loving that person? Let's say they were careless, didn't look, were emotionally distraught and didn't pay attention and they hit your car. You have a choice to love them and to make things better just by how you show up instead of grinding into what I'm sure they already know that they weren't paying attention and watching. So if you have a problem where your first inclination is, it's not my fault, the first step is to notice this. Notice that you, if you do this, that you're blaming your fault there. It's over there. It's over there. Not me. When I did that, and I did that a lot, that came from, uh, I had a terrible self-loathing. I needed to be safe. And my safety came from having things not be my fault. You know, I used to get a lot of severe punishment. So anything but my fault, because that meant I was going to be hurt. I internalized that for many, many years, decades even, and was looking always for something else to, to protect me by making it not my fault. Now, the contradictory thing there was underneath, I always felt like it was my fault anyway, and I was responsible for stuff. All right, so here is the overcoming cadence. Number one, you don't need to judge. You don't need to blame. That will be a skill that you will need to learn. Uh, we certainly don't teach that in our society. We don't teach that with our rules of judging and blaming and putting things above and below. That habit that we all have, making someone better than another for all the reasons that we do, is painful, it's difficult and damaging. Stuff happens. Life happens. Accidents happen. Good things happen. Unexpected. I'm not even going to call them bad things. Things we wanted to have happen, happen. Things we didn't want happen. What if instead of judging any of those, you simply allowed them to be what they are and ask a different question? Instead of, why did this happen to me? Or why did that idiot do whatever it is? Or, you know, the negative tone that comes with that. Why not say instead, hmm, this has happened. What can I do here to bring love into the world? What can I do here to make this situation better? What can I do to be the beacon of light for a moment? What can I do to choose to make this situation better than it might be? Now, that's something we learn to do, but we don't learn to do it all at once, and we certainly don't learn to do it unless we start somewhere. So here's the challenge of this episode, of this monster. Regardless of the reason that you blame, regardless of the reason you have a habit, if you do, like I used to, of pointing fingers and blaming someone, making it outside of you, there are two really important questions. 
question number one is how did how did I contribute to this? And I don't know what the answer will be. Maybe carelessness, maybe with my own energetic stance. How did I contribute to this? And the second question is how can I make this situation better? Not and none of those include how can I extract justice? How can I embarrass, bash, or punish someone else? Another thing that used to bother me a lot is I lived with decades of depression. I lived with decades of self-loathing. And as a consequence, I had a lot of broken relationships and I had a lot of substance abuse and, you know, the self-loathing I, I poured on me in great quantities. And then when I started looking at myself and not liking what I saw, then I wanted to blame somebody else. What if instead, and I want you to see in this example, your own metaphors, your own circumstance and situation. What I have now chosen to do is I have chosen to be grateful. I am grateful for those punishments, those spankings, beatings that I got. It taught me how not to be. I'm grateful for the self-loathing I have gone through because now on the other side, it gives me a, a huge dose of empathy and a huge dollop of patience where my first inclination is to be patient, to listen and to love and to wonder what has happened in this person's life or experience that makes them so hurt, so pained, so hiding, and so forth. And then the next question is, what can I do to eliminate mediocrity from their lives? It's not my fault can be changed into a pursuit of excellence. It's not my fault can be changed into there is no fault. What is, is, and I'm going to set about making it better. One of the ways I describe coaching when people ask me what I do is I say I work with people committed to ending addiction to mediocrity. I've worked, I work with people that are done settling and ready to create big things, however they define them. Not defining what success is or big things for them, but to acknowledge their own dreams and power and do that with myself as well. So I invite you, as you look into your life, do you have the monster of it's not my fault where you blame other things and other circumstances or unjustly blame yourself? The tone of judgment and blame is negative energy compassion. What can I do here? Who can I lift? Who can I bless? How can I lift this situation up? How can I ameliorate, give first aid to whatever physical or spiritual emotional damage has been inflicted by this circumstance regardless of how it happened? How can I be a light, a beacon of light? How can I be a vessel of love? And how can I be a conduit of power to shower love and beauty and kindness and creativity and compassion on this scene and this event here now. If you take that view and judgment, choose love, you can completely eliminate blame, judgment, and this need to find fault from your life. When you do that, there's so much more room for joy. 
blessing, kindness, compassion, creativity, and love. And in that way, you move quickly into living every day your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand and your feet on the ground.